0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, Breaking Math fans. First, I want to thank you for listening. I have an important message for everyone. You can start your own podcast right now with Anchor. Anchor lets you create and distribute your own podcast. Just get an idea, record, and upload. It's just that easy. Anyone can do it. I'm on my way to accomplishing my dream, and you can too. Just get on your device's app store and download Anchor. It contains everything you need to make a podcast. With Anchor, you can put your podcast on all the big platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon, and more. Reach the whole world with Anchor. Best of all, Anchor is free. You have nothing to lose with a free platform. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
2: The world is often uncertain. But it has only been in the last half millennium that we have found ways to interact mathematically with that concept from its roots in death statistics, insurance and gambling to modern Bayesian networks and machine learning. We've seen immense productivity in the field of probability and statistics. Every way of looking at probability has something in common, the use of random variables. Random variables let us talk about events with uncertain outcomes in a concrete way. So what are random variables? How are they defined? And how do they interact? All of this and more on this episode of Breaking Math. Episode 68, LOL So Random. I'm Sophia. And I'm Gabriel. And this is Breaking Math. And with us we have on Millie Oriano, who's a host of the Nerd Forensics podcast.
1: Hello, and I'm happy to be on you guys' show again. If you haven't heard, I'm the host of Nerd Forensics. We discuss things like why Transformers was made the way it was and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we try to keep it smart.
3: I think nerd forensics is, is actually a very good, uh, is the word palette cleanser for breaking math. Breaking math, of course, we talk about uh, very deep topics about mathematics and engineering and science and the physical world, and it, nerd forensics is uh, lighter. It's made by the same folks. Well, of course, you know, yourself yeah, too.
1: Yeah, made by the same folks. I mean, you've probably heard my voice on a lot of advertisements lately for yes.
3: breaking math. I have continuously told, this is a quick little side tangent, I've, I've continuously told Millie that she needs to go into professional advertising. I think your voice voice is so good for it so this is just me giving you a little plug and a vote of confidence on the show so for our breaking math listeners obviously there's there's more to life than just uh math and, and empiricism <laughs> believe it or not and uh nerd forensics is a chance to hear uh, you know some, some some deep dive um analysis about about pop culture uh and even some niche facts that you may not know about batman or power rangers or or star trek or anything niche at all
1: or failed presidential assassins if you're a history buff, yeah,
3: so uh again, I just wanted to put that out there and uh, suggest that you all give it a listen for a nice uh for a change of pace and some interesting facts that you may not know,
2: oh, yeah, and what's your latest episode about again? I mean, I was on that one
3: uh the latest episode is called episode four a New
1: Pope, and it's about how Mel Gibson and his father tried to start their own Catholic Church
3: yeah.
2: And uh, just for the listeners who are thinking about uh, this show, it's great. I recommend it. Uh, Just uh, for anyone out there who might be a little bit young, it is explicit. So, you know, avoid that. Yes,
3: I like the fact that we're talking about random variables and that show itself seems quite random as well. So can I encourage our listeners also, send us your favorite random topic that we may wish to talk about or that you'd like to hear us talk about on Nerd Forensics. Who knows? Perhaps we'll uh, just do it.
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, I had some guy ask about basketball earlier on my messages and we're going to do an episode about David Robinson and the 92
3: dream team. Nice. Nice.
2: All right, so now we're going to talk about random variables. And uh, Gabriel, I know we've talked about random variables on the show before, in passing, as part of uh, statistics. But um, I thought we'd, uh, you know, go into uh, random variables per se. So, uh, Gabriel, um, during your graduate degree um, in uh, electrical engineering, uh, did you ever run into random variables?
3: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. This was one of the hardest classes. I, f- I feel like I say that about all my classes, and I'm not meaning to scare away any engineering students. <laughs> no, no, it's great. It's great. It's a great class. But yes, uh, we had a class classes in um, uh, stochastic methods. Oh goodness, I'm trying to think of the name of the class. Um, It was a huge part of one of my classes. In fact, the class where I wrote a program to simulate the Monty Hall problem. Um, We we use these every single day in that class.
2: Oh yeah, and um, Millie, have you heard of a random variable?
3: Uh, Yes, I've heard of a
1: random variable.
2: And uh, what's your experience with that term?
1: Uh, my experience with that term is random variables basically constitute things that can happen in life uh, that at random, like uh, the winning the lottery. That's a random variable.
2: See, and in, in, um, uh, in the field of probability and statistics, uh, it has a very similar meaning. Um, but um, what, what it is, is it's a way of relating outcomes with probabilities, right? Well, I mean, that's more of the technical definition, but an example of a random variable would be the outcome of a coin toss, right? Yeah. Or, uh, like you said, the winner of a lottery could be a wa- random variable, right? The, the so-, so the social security number of the winner of the lottery could even be the random variable. that you could define it as an integer, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so, um, uh, yeah, coins and dice are examples of uh, discrete random variables um, because they each have one outcome, right? Coin is either heads or tails, uh, dice is 1 through 6, but you don't get, like, you can't roll pi. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, not entirely 1 through 6, it might be, you know, you might have a d60, d30.
2: Oh, yeah, we'll get, yeah, you have a certain range of numbers, right?
1: Yeah, you'll have a certain range of numbers.
2: But, like, that's, but there's not an infinite one. Yeah. Which is in contrast to continuous random variables. Uh, which have an infinite range, so like a spinner, basically. You know, yep.
1: what, I kind of noticed this is like the last episode I was in, but we're not going to be talking about anybody being, you know, gruesomely
2: like killed.
3: Oh yeah, you have been on
2: two episodes that are about kind of like probability and statistics.
3: Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that, uh, to uh, keep us on, on 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 task here. Other examples of continuous random variables: things like height, obviously.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, like the height of a population. Yes. Um, Yeah, and um, that is actually also um, a bell curve, uh, uh, well, that's what it's called colloquially, less colloquially a um, standard normal distribution, but uh, we'll talk about that in due time. And of course there's uh, mixed random variables, which can be seen as a sum of a discrete and a continuous variable, and this is something like, let's say you had a die, but if it rolls a 6, then you uh, flick a spinner, and then you use that as the outcome. That would be a mixed random variable. Or if you had like a population, you wanted to measure their height versus their their sitting height versus their standing height. People who uh, like you know uh, either couldn't stand or didn't have legs would uh, the the difference would be zero. So it'd be there'd be a bunch with that one difference in height, but then everything else would be a real number.
1: If you are a blue collar worker in New York in the Marvel universe and you lose your job, there is a 100% chance that you're going to take it out on Spider-Man.
2: And that's actually, you can actually uh, view each person, each blue-collar worker, right, as, um, you can actually model that as a random variable, right, as a Poisson process, uh, something that's continuously likely. So everybody has a certain likelihood of being fired. And, if they, and uh, when they are fired, each, um, each one of those events, um, which are distributed um, evenly, uh, will be uh, times a Spider-Man has to fight, So the expected value of the amount of uh, people that Spider-Man has to fight in a given week uh, can be calculated using uh, random variables, and we'll talk about those kind of methods. Jeez. Wow. His
1: life must really suck if he just has to fight every unemployed blue-collar guy in New York.
2: My goodness, yeah. (laughs) Is he a friend of the working people?
1: He is (laughs) a friend of the working people. It's just, okay, it's totally, you remember that guy from The Jerk that just lost his job and decided to kill Steve Martin for no reason? Oh, yeah. That's basically what they all do to Spider-Man. Or New York.
3: That's right. In the case of Venom, in the original series, didn't uh, Eddie That's Brock... exactly what happened. He lost his job. His job as a journalist, they right? He lost
1: his job as a journalist, and then you have... Um, yeah. Yeah, just you lose your job, you go after Spider-Man. That's okay. the first thing you do. <laughs> it's like a mental derangement people in New York have. Yeah.
2: All right, so how are random variables defined? And... Um, so they're written like uh, any other variable, like X, Y, whatever, Z, um, but a measurable function is how they're actually defined. So what a measurable function, uh, we, we'll, we've talked about measure theory before, and uh, we can't really go totally over it, but um, you go from one space to another. The um, function uh, maintains a measurability. So basically, outcomes are distinct from one another, so they um, are discreetly measurable. Yeah. So for example, let's say that, um, there's like a 10% chance of rain tomorrow, 2% chance of snow and, uh, 88% chance of uh, sunniness. Um, and that one is, not isn't from, um, uh, you know, like a, it's not from numbers to numbers. It's from a cat, uh, like a, a, a list of things to numbers from a set to numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. So the thing about random variables is, um, uh, Millie. So if there's a 10% chance of rain and a 2% chance of uh, snow, what's the chance of either rain or snow?
1: 12%, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things about a measurable function is that uh, since you're adding um, outcomes together, you also have to add um, their measures together because the measure of uh, any individual outcome is the probability of that outcome and the measure of a group of those is the uh, measure of its union um, where a union is uh, basically everything that encu- that either one or both encompasses.
1: Yeah, kind of makes me think about that book of swindles that you showed me, the Chinese book of swindles um, with like all the people in ancient China. Cause this sounds like the kind of scam they would run where they'd bet somebody on the weather and <laughs> they would be using it to like blindside them with something else. They'd just keep losing every day. It's sunny. And then like,
2: yeah, and also I think your mind is on that because we've been listening to behind the bastards where they talk about grifters continuously.
1: <laughs> yeah. And also that book of swindles. I'm just imagining somebody like gambling on the weather now.
2: Yeah, they just get enough people to gamble every day for rain.
1: Yeah, and then they just like they're like, you know, just robbing them blind while they're actually <laughs> gambling. They're like breaking into their houses. So or it something. seems like
2: it's going to be like a convoluted mathematical scheme, but then it just turns out to be um, just theft, theft. Yeah, just
1: theft. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it works. I mean, and that book you you showed me people that like stole cloth and, like, would, like, claim they were catching a thief by stealing the cloth from the guy's store.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, uh, Gabriel, have I shown you the Book of Swindles? No, that sounds like a great book, though. And it's it, basically you know. Steal This Book from the 17th Century, China. Okay, Whoa. Interesting. That'd be a great episode for Nerd, nerd Forensics. I think that would do oh, very well.
1: It would do. Yeah, I think we should definitely do an episode about the Book of Swindles. We're actually planning on doing an episode about the Three Kingdoms, the War of the Three Kingdoms pretty soon.
3: Okay, cool. I'm, I'm not even aware of that. I'll look forward to hearing uh, that one as well. And then uh, China
2: in ancient China, they used a lot of dice, and dice are part of random variables, which is what we are talking about to segue. No, <laughs> Bring us kidding. back home.
1: <laughs> yeah, take us back home.
2: But uh, no, but no, definitely. Um, so I was just gonna say that a die is an example of a random variable that goes that you could say, put go from numbers to numbers, right? Yes. Because uh, the like you know if you have like a d twenty, each um, probability through one through twenty has a certain likelihood, right? Yes. Of one twentieth. Yep. All right, now we're going to talk about real-valued random variables. So real-valued random variables um, is what we're going to talk about next. And they're, de- they're defined on the real line, right, from negative infinity to infinity. They're usually talked about in terms of their probability density function. And what the probability d- density function is, is like, um, okay, like, Millie, you know, you know the bell curves, right? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, it's like, it's like um, so like for height, a bell, the bell curve, so like the, the, um, the, the horizontal, the x-axis... Yes, uh, would be like the height. So like uh, at around like um, uh, five foot eight, uh, for um for at least uh, uh like uh, women in, in the United States, I believe there would be a, a small bump like that. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. The value of the probability density function is the relative likelihood that someone has that height. Because you could think about each value is like so. The likelihood isn't how far it is up on the bell curve because, for that to be true, you would have to. You'd have to be like, okay, this person is exactly this many feet, this many inches, and this many nanometers, and this many everything high, right? Yeah. Because if you think about it, it's an exact height, and nobody is exactly the height that somebody else is, or that somebody else would even guess that somebody is, right? Because if it's a random variable, then you'd have to be like, okay, this person's exactly like six feet, one inches, and like 930 point whatever nanometers, etc.
1: I've seen a man at the carnival do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's actually look at that so to look at that i'm gonna weave in the cumulative density function in the standard normal distribution so the standard normal distribution is uh basically the bell curve right so for height it would be like you know you'd see a bump at whatever uh at like you know five foot eight for american women yes let's say that you're a really really lazy carny right yeah and you say i'm gonna guess everyone's um height within one and a half inches or else you in a prize so one and a half inches ten, uh, happens to be actually uh, what's known as the standard deviation for height and women about So what that means uh, for a bell curve is that uh, there's a... There, we've talked about on the show before, but it bears repeating. Um, it's called the 68-97, um, 99.7 rule, meaning that 68% of everyone is between negative um, one and one standard deviations away from the average, right? Yes. So what that would mean is that... Um, about 68 percent of people or around 70 percent of you know people are away from the average height so if you uh, make the if you make the uh the prize worth just a teeny bit more than uh the entry fee you could actually just keep guessing the same height for everyone and make a profit
3: oh interesting wow
2: yeah you just be like five foot eight well no okay five foot eight but i mean so yeah, you could have uh, you could uh, you could have somebody be like you know um, a completely blind height teller. Oh, I get it now. It's a scam. No ah. no, no 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 no. All right, we could also do um, one more th- uh, a couple or more things uh, with a random variable defined on the r- a real uh, line. Uh, we could also do the expected um, value, and that's the value that is most likely or average to come out of a random variable. So um, for height, it would be uh, basically the average of everybody's height um, because it's. Uh, a bell curve is the same on both sides. To give a more concrete example, if you wanted to guess something that is the least far away from any random die roll, what number do you think you would choose? So, like two point five, even though you'd never get that. Something like that, but um, yeah. What do you think, Millie?
1: I just go with three since the mean.
2: Yeah, well, actually, you're, well, you're very close. Um, the mean is actually um one plus two plus three plus four plus oh, five sorry, plus the six. Median. Then. Uh, we actually will use the mean in this uh, case, and the the reason why is because the expected value is actually just the mean. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So basically, it's um, 1 times 1 sixth plus 2 times 1 sixth all the way to 6 times 1 six, which sixth, which is 21 sixths, which uh, is 3 and a half.
3: I meant to say 3 and a half earlier, not 2 and a half. Sorry. Uh, well, I was honestly- closer
1: than the smart people. I was closer than the smart people. <laughs> I beat the smart
2: now that we know about expected value, uh, right, because expected value is just um, some of the random variable times, times the domain variable, right? So like x times f of x. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, with dice, it's that. Uh, with um, continuous random variables, um, we use an integral. An integral is just a way of um, uh, talking about um, chopping up a function into an infinite number of slices and then adding the area together under the function. Mm-hmm. So the area under the bell curve, the entire bell curve is always one on any bell curve. Okay. then. And uh, can you guess why? Based on what we've said so far?
1: Because uh, that's the margin of error.
2: Actually, because it's, um, if you think about it, you add together outcomes to get um, the, the total outcome, right? Yeah. So um, the probability of something happening um, if, you expe- if we expect something to happen is one, right? Okay. Yeah. And that's why.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. I get it now.
2: And don't feel bad for not getting it immediately. I um,
1: so that Spider-Man thing, the bell curve would be one.
2: Yeah, the probability that um th- the probability that he'll have to fight anyone over time um is uh, one. Yeah, because uh, you.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he just gets like shot at randomly. <laughs> like some days, gets bricks thrown at him, and, uh, and then that's the last time he deals with that
2: guy. And each show, and those can be modeled as a statistical random variable. You could model the bullet as um a random vector. Um, made out of random variables. Um, you could model uh, whether it hits as a uh, r- random uh, va- variable that's uh, basically um, a weighted coin. that, And you could actually model it uh, for either criminals as a whole or for each criminal individually, the average amount of times that they would hit Spider-Man.
1: Wow, that is a fun problem. I
2: like it. And of course, we have variance, uh, which is the expected value that the random variable deviates from the expected value, square the difference of that random variable. Does that make sense to everyone? Yes, Yes, it it does. does. Mm -hmm. So um, it's basically how far are we from the mean on average? So um, for a die, okay, so the standard deviation of a die, for example, um, is uh, you take um, how far away each one is from the expected value. So what's the expected value again?
3: 3.5.
2: Yeah, so one is two and a half away, two is one and a half away, three is half away, four is half away, and so on. And it turns out that if you add up the squares um, and divide by um, the amount of samples there are total, you get 17.5 divided by 6, which is 2.916.
1: Hey folks, it's your buddy Zuzax here to tell you again about Brilliant. Brilliant is an amazing asset for continuing your education or just brushing up on basics. If you're listening to this show, I'm sure you love learning. Maybe you've already used Brilliant. Well, did you know it also makes an amazing gift for the holiday season? Do you need another Christmas present for grandma who loves a challenge and you feel guilty about getting her another Sudoku book? Do you need a Kwanzaa present for your dungeon master? Make sure he can crush you and your party with a course in applied probability. Educational gifts are the tradition. Brilliant can offer all those things. So don't worry about getting beat up this Black Friday over that new toy. Go to Brilliant.org slash BreakingMath. The first 200 listeners get 20% off. And to everyone listening, have a happy Brilliant Holiday. Have you ever wondered which presidents would fare best in a 46-person battle royale? Have you ever stayed up all night asking who would win, the Ninja Turtles or the Thundercats? Have you ever stayed up wondering if Batman is a fascist? Don't worry, there's hope. Nerd Forensics. Nerd Forensics is not a cult, nor is it an alternative to any traditional form of medicine. Nerd Forensics is a podcast designed to help you unwind and laugh. So listen to Nerd Forensics, available anywhere you get this podcast. Warning, this podcast may contain some content not suitable for all listeners. If you feel like this may be you, then consult your parents. If you consult your parents, you're probably too young for the show.
2: So now we're going to talk about how to add two random variables together. If um, X is your first random variable and Y is your second one, it's just known as X plus Y. The expected value of this is a sum of the two expected values. So here's an, an example that we can give is with two dice, right? So if you throw two dice, um, d- uh, do y'all know what the most uh, common uh, die roll is?
3: Either, no, no, I don't.
2: Well, check it out. How many ways are there to get uh, with two dice? How many ways are there to get the number two?
1: Oh, there's only one. Oh, yeah. You meant with two dice, yeah. So Yeah, yeah just dice. one way. The most common, I'd have to say, is probably seven. It's probably seven.
2: Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it goes uh, two has one way, three has two ways, uh, four has three ways, etc. But also, 12 only has one way, 11 has two ways, and if those two numbers come together at seven. And if you crunch the numbers, um, to get a two with two dice, uh, you have about a 2.8% chance. But to get a seven, you have about a, a 16.7% chance. Which I, think is, which I think is kind of fascinating. And um, the way that you do this, uh, the way that you can re- represent this mathematically is uh, known as a convolution. So, uh, Millie, um, how familiar are you with uh, the integral? Uh, not. Okay, so basically what an integral is, is it's like if, you, if we have a function, it's the area beneath a certain p- a portion of the function, right? Yeah. So, um, it, like, if we have a line that's going at zero, at zero, at one, it's one, at two, it's two, et cetera, right? Yeah. If we put um, a wedge um, at one, right, it'll be a triangle that's one on each side, right? Yeah. And uh, the area of this triangle would be half of the area of the square, right that yeah. encompasses it. So it would be the, the area would just be uh, one half, which means that the integral of this line from zero to one is one half. Okay. And uh, we talked about it a obtain bit earlier, and that's what we, that's the operation that we used for continuous random variables. So um, if we to, if if we have a function that represents our probability density function for height, if we want to know how many people are between four foot seven and five foot one, we take the integral from four foot seven to five foot one of that function. Okay. So uh, does that make sense? Kind of yeah. like a sum? Yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: it's like yeah, it's like the sum. Yeah.
2: So um, the convolution of two functions, the way that that's done is kind of interesting. Do, uh, do you know what it means to multiply two functions?
1: No, I do not. I mean, I I do, but it's been like fifteen years, so I don't.
2: Oh yeah, it's like uh, so. This one's actually super simple. Uh, the the uh value of f times g, where those are two um different functions, at some point x is just f f at x times g at x. So you just multiply the graphs together at each point. okay. And the convolution of two functions f and g. Is okay. Race for this. So you have your two functions, right? You could let's say you graph them on the same line. So you have these two different functions. Mm-hmm. You flip one of them around, mm-hmm. and then uh, you multiply them, and then that's your value at zero. You mu- move the function over to like one or whatever. Then you multiply them. You take the integral over the whole thing. And that's your value at one. Yeah. So it's basically like you slide this function over, and uh, you um, calculate the product at each point. And that's known as a convolution. Hmm.
1: Okay, I get it now.
2: And that's what you actually were doing. uh, That's what we were actually doing with the dice earlier. Because if you think about it, if you have like, um, if you put every number from uh, two to 12 on a piece of paper and you just tally each one up, you tally two, three, four, five, six, then you tally three, four, five, six, seven, then you tally four, five, six, seven, eight. um, and you keep telling six uh, things each time and you'll uh, get the distribution 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 with 6 at, um, like you said, the most likely value, which is 7. 7, yeah. And the convolution, so the in, the formula um, for anyone out there who wants to know, is the integral o- over the real numbers of f of z times g of x minus z dz, where x is uh, the, the the point at which we wanted to know the convolution. And discrete convolution is just the sum of uh, the two uh, functions. Um, So it's it's just either the sum or the integral. And uh, so the cool thing about the convolution, this is why I, I made sure to bring it up so much, is because let's say we take any random variable, right, whatsoever, yeah, and we convolve it with each other with itself enough times, no matter how spiky it starts off, it'll eventually turn into a bell curve. Oh, okay. And uh, believe it or not, that's uh, deeply related to uh, just the idea of probability in as a concept, like the idea that there's an expected value of anything at all or that probability can be measured. We'll talk about that deep relationship at uh, another um, episode, I think, too. But, um, yeah, I thought it'd be worth touching on. So now we're going to talk about functions of random variables in general. So the function of a random variable is like, you apply a function to the outcomes. So for example, you could have like, you know, y be one random variable and that you could say that's equal to x squared, right? Where x is another random variable. And um, it's like the height thing where you add them two together, but um, now you're squaring things. But um, it turns out that um, to get the new um, probability d- density function, it's actually a little bit more convoluted than you might think. So the cumulative density function, right, um, of, uh, let, let's say that we have y equals g of x, right? And that the inverse of uh, g is h. Um, Millie, do you know what a functional inverse is?
1: Functional inverse, it's the opposite of something, right?
2: Yeah, basic, it's basically how you get back to where you got started. For positive numbers, the inverse function for squaring is the square root. Okay. Because it takes you back. Or like the inverse function for x plus 3 is x minus 3. Because uh, x because uh, three plus three is six, but then six minus three is three, so you get back to where you started. Okay. So the yeah so you so you have the prob you have the property that the function of the inverse of that function of some uh, v- value x is always just x. Okay. So and there are some functions that aren't invertible, but we're not going to be talking about them in this section because uh, they'd require a little bit too much fussing, and uh, there's actually a pretty good Wikipedia article on that. Um, But um, the cumulative density function of Y, which is equal to, like we said, G of X at some uh, point is equal to the probability that G of X um, is less than or equal to Y, where X is the random variable that we're operating on. Uh, Is it clear why that's the case? Uh, Not entirely. So the reason why um, that's the case is because uh, the cumulative density function is the probability that a value is less than a certain other value, right? Yes. And since we're doing the cumulative density function with respect to Y... But we're doing a function on y, above y is a function on x. Um, we need to uh, apply the function that we are talking about, yeah, uh, to x um, to make sure that's le- less than y. So we're, basically, what we're doing is we're transforming the numbers from x space. X is kind of like space into y space. So like, yeah. Let's say let's say we're doing like a relationship between like heights and um, BMIs. So we're, we're translating from heights to BMIs, and then we're just doing a, a new function based on that.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, and you'd inverse the two to see. Okay, I get it now.
2: I yeah, it and it turns out that the cumulative density function, if it's increasing, is just um equal to the cumulative density function of y is equal to the cumulative function uh, of uh in x's domain of the inverse uh, uh function of g, which is h of y. So you have f of y of y is equal to f of x of h of y, uh, which you know nobody needs to actually be able to remember that from speech, but um. Oh, and and uh, you just take you just take that value and you subtract it from one if um, H is decreasing. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's so but it turns out that if you want the probability density function, um, you just take the derivative of that, and um, and Millie, the, the derivative is just the opposite of the integral. Yeah. So it's how fast something is changing versus um how, uh, the total value sum over time. Okay. Um. And so uh, basically you have the probability density function of Y. Is equal to probability density function of x of h of y so basically you plug a function into a function um, and then you take that and then you multiply that by the derivative of h um with respect to y so um yeah just uh i just thought i'd bring that up because um it's kind of weird to work with random variables sometimes because of how you think that just adding you know random variables would be easy but then it's like okay, the standard deviation is not just the sum of these two t- standard deviations, but you have to also add in their covariance and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I get it. So now we're going to talk a little bit about representing discrete random variables on the
3: real domain.
2: So, Gabriel, do you remember from grad school um, dealing with operational calculus?
3: Oh, gosh. Uh, brings me back. Uh, yes, I do. And uh, do you want to go over the Dirac function? Yes, absolutely. Dirac function. This is... a. Uh... Very brilliant physicist, Paul Dirac. So basically, this is a uh, function where it is uh, on on a line. It's it's infinity at zero, and it's zero everywhere else. Now, the integral over the real line is defined as one.
2: So uh, basically, d- d- does that make sense so far? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so and, uh, if any of our listeners are having uh, trouble uh, following just to sum up, right, Gabriel, what you said, is that th- this function is infinite at zero. It's n- not actually re- you know, it's just this imaginary infinite value yes. that has, uh, it's basically, you could think about it as like a rectangle that's infinitely tall and zero wide, yes. like a re- one by one rectangle.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, Gabriel, what if we want to move uh, the direct function over?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, you can do that. Um, just, you know, simply add a, you know, um, minus whatever, um, how many degrees in X you want to move, move it over.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you want, uh, if you want the infinite part to be at like, you know, for example, one, Mm -hmm. um, then we use dirac of X minus one. Mm
3: -hmm. Exactly.
2: And if we wanted the sum of uh, over infinity to be like, you know, pi, we'd use pi times Dirac
3: of x, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, so that, just so as to not make the same mistake that we often do or they rather that I complain about that's done in math education, is where you ex- explain what a concept is, but then you don't explain, well, why did Dr. Dirac think that the world needed this function? What's the purpose of it?
2: Well, what's cool is that we could actually use this function to uh, represent discrete random variables on, on the real domain, right? Yeah. So let, like, like, for example, let's say the probability of we want to roll something less than a three and a half, mm-hmm. If we had an infinite, infinite spike at one, two, and three, and each of those infinite spikes had a, um, integral of one sixth of uh, area of one sixth, right? If we took uh, the, the sum of everything together, we'd get one half, right? Yes. And so that allows us to talk about these integrals in um, terms of, uh. In terms of like steps. So it allows us to model steps. So for example, this heavy side step function is just the integral of the, the Dirac function. So it's zero from negative infinity to zero and then it's one um onward. And uh, Gabriel, you're actually talking about the stepped functions earlier. Mm-hmm. That could be represented as um different heavy side functions. Yes. I mean a summation of heavy side functions.
3: Mm -hmm. Heaviside, he's a very interesting guy to read about I I believe he was almost homeless most of his life, in fact Oh, was he? I didn't know
2: anything about Heaviside
3: Yeah, his brother was a very famous uh, businessman in the world of electrical engineering And he uh, was often characterized as sort of a misfit Uh, He wanted very little to do with business affairs Yeah, and uh, he was a brilliant mathematician, but just uh, had a real hard time fitting in Oliver Heaviside was his name, I have an entire book on him in my house, actually
2: And uh, by the way, so if we wanted the distribution of two dice summed together, we could actually convolve using the integral formula from before. So then we get this fun-looking function, which is that the the probability density function of two dice summed together is equal to the integral from negative infinity to infinity of the product of the sum from i equals 1 to 6 of the Dirac function of z minus i. And then you take that summation and multiply it by another summation from j equals 1 to 6 of Dirac of z minus x minus j D of z, which is I. I just think it's fun because it, j- it just looks so impenetrable. And yeah, and, but the, what that function will look like, the way that I um graph um the uh, Dirac function when I'm graphing it actually is, I just draw a line up to um the number that it's talking about, like a vertical line, and I draw an x at that point. And I just remember that that means Dirac function is infinite there, but it has, uh, but it's multiplied by, like for example, two. Um, and uh, so using this notation, you would just see, um, it would just be a spike at uh it would be a little spike at two then a bigger spike at three four five six five four three two one basically and yeah if you wanted to work that out even further it's left as an exercise to the reader yeah i mean it'll be kind of fun to do though you, you might learn a thing or two about operational calculus during it and uh, you will need no summation arithmetic <laughs> Random variables are a concrete way of talking about what might happen. They also allow us to interact with statistics that we've gathered in ways that can be analyzed mathematically. We interact with random variables every day, from how long it'll take to get to where we're going, to who we'll see first. An intuitive understanding of random variables, at least to some degree, is therefore needed to interact with our world. If that weren't the case, then there would be no surprise or boredom. I'm Sophia.
3: And I'm Gabriel.
2: And this has been Breaking Math. With us, we had on our guest, uh, Millicent Oriana. You want to plug your pluggables?
1: I of course I want to plug my pluggables. I am Millicent Oriana, host of Nerd Forensics. And you can catch me anywhere you get this podcast. Just look up Nerd Forensics. You can also contact me at Twitter at CampPodMillie, and that's Camp with a K. Thank you.
3: Uh, Any thoughts uh, from either of you about uh, random variables after this episode? This loans itself very well to discussions both on critical thinking, um, skepticism, as well as many other fields with uh, understanding and modeling our universe. Hopefully we'll do some great problems episodes that involve statistics and uh, stochastic methods.
2: Oh, yeah. I know that that, uh, the guy from Math with Bad Drawings, right? Oh, and and, uh, we've had a couple of books that have a lot of stuff about the psychology of probability, actually. Um, That might be an episode that we get to at some point. Um, don't want to promise anything because in the past I've said we're going to do an episode and then we haven't done it before, and I don't want that to happen again, but um, it's definitely in our thoughts.
3: That's a statistics problem in of itself. What's the probability that we're going to do an episode on probability? You know, a, <laughs> a meta self-aware thing here. Tune in and find out.
2: <laughs> or don't, if it's not tune-inable. But um, yeah, Minnelli, any, uh, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, I
1: don't know why, but just all this talk of probabilities, maybe start thinking of like ancient China, Chinese warfare, And for some reason, I'll start thinking about people getting hit by random objects from space.
2: Oh, I know. Actually, a fun fact about that. There's an XKCD that points out that if you're a 30% free throw shooter, then the odds will be even for you making 30 shots in a row versus a meteor falling through the hoop. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a higher uh, free throw percentage, then it's uh, different. But yeah, if you want to play basketball against a meteor, um, good luck. Scoring or even knowing who wins uh, before anyone dies. Yeah. This is Sophia Baca, and this has been the Death Cast. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Dun dun
2: dun 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 dun, dun 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 dun
1: That just makes me think of Hartman from Death Stranding.